Welcome aboard, space travelers. Please lower your harness and keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times. Prepare for blast-off. Hello and welcome to the first May edition of Discover DLP with myself, Nick. And myself, Paul. I said first edition because I'm not actually sure. This this was supposed to be monthly, but yeah. I, I think now we're, we're kind of a little bit unchained from the shackles that we had around us before. We might occasionally do more than one episode in a month. So we'll say yeah. this is the first one for May and we'll just see what happens, I think. Yeah, because I think there'll be stuff for us to talk about at the end of may as well so mm. um oh, well there definitely will be yeah. um we're going to talk about that a little bit more later on i'm sure yeah no I'm, I'm sure we will and uh just to give you an idea of what this episode is going to be about so we got um quite a complicated listener question in so uh there's there's a few different parts of that so we're going to break that down and go through it because we think that's going to be useful for a lot of people um, and then there's a few other bits and pieces that we've uh, been looking at recently, which we think will also be of interest. So that's how we're going to structure the show. We're going to do a listener question bit first, and then we'll go on to the kind of more newsy bits. Um, yeah, so let's let's crack on. So this really is uh, for Phil, uh, yeah. for Phil Guard. So uh, he's uh, <laughs> he he listens to a lot of the podcasts that we do, but usually he'll ask a question and we'll get round to doing an episode about it in about six months. Yeah. Uh, so I, I hope Phil will appreciate the fact that we're actually doing it or we're recording it certainly weeks. within the within the month that he first raised the question. But yeah, the episode will come out slightly after that. Um. So we'll, we'll cover the first bit first. So. He's looking at annual passes, so we're going to do a rundown of the annual passes because they have recently changed. And in yeah. fact, they've changed since he, he first asked this question, so that's even more yeah, of a reason yeah. to talk about it. Um, and But there was two other questions that he asked first of all, and then a third one we, we kind of expanded on. So the first one, and I'm going to need to lean on you a bit more for this one, yeah. is uh, what is the best and nearest airport to DLP to get a train? So... That, there's uh, there's no question about it. Flying into Charles de Gaulle is the easiest. Yeah. If you if you're flying, it's no more than twenty minutes away on the train. You don't even have to get on the train. There's a magical express that you can book, and that easier if you don't want to mess around trying to find the train. The the express is far easier to find than than the train. But um, if you want the quickness, then the tra- the best train from from Charles de Gaulle to Marlon Valley on the TGV, um, about twenty twenty five euros, I think, if I remember rightly. Um, not expensive. You can pre-book them, but they do recommend um, that you actually don't, um, because legally you're not meant to get on another train. If you've already got that ticket, you, you technically, if you're checked, you could be fined. Um, 
I've done it a couple of times. Um, just because I've got there earlier than I should have done um, and jumped on the previous train. Um, not going to be, be checked. So it's fairly easy to book, uh, to buy the train tickets when you get there. Um, the machines are like you would find in a London Underground station. Um, touch screen, all fairly easy. And all um, in different languages as well. You can, when you yes. go to the machine, you can choose from, uh, I think there's about four or five languages on them. Yeah, there's Italian, German, French, English. I think Spanish is on there as well. Spanish, and there might be Japanese. Oh. Um, if I remember rightly, I'm sure I remember seeing the Japanese flag on there. So um, don't take me for that, but the European countries definitely are, are on there, and it's it's really easy to, to go through. You just want a single to Marla Valley. It's, it's not difficult. So, yeah, definitely Charles de Gaulle um, is your closest airport. Yeah, I, I can't remember what the other airport is that's in the Paris Orly. region. Yes, yeah, it. Um, but I know that it's it's not as near, and it's it's more like the TGV is, is in the train station. It, sorry, is is in the airport, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, which you so don't have I, there. Only time I've actually changed there, I'd actually got a coach in um, when we went last year for the run weekend. Mm. Um, I got a coach to Charles de Gaulle. Um, and even that was fairly simple to to find the the train station from from where I got off. So so yeah, it's it's all pretty straightforward. As I said, it is a, probably a little bit easier to find the Magical Express outside because um, you just head for the exit. But um, just for quickness, the train is is much better. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. So because um, I've never flown. Um, I was looking, I'm going to be going around about Halloween time. I'm actually going to try and go to one of the two soirees that they're having for Halloween, uh, yep. which I think we talked about in the last episode. There's one yes. on, I think, on the 26th of October and then the 31st of October. Yep. And about, 50, I think it's 57 and 67 euros, depending on which one you go to. Heck of a lot cheaper than the US parks. Absolutely, but then you do get a lot less uh, candy. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been looking today at uh, Mickey's not so scary. Mm. And the only thing scary is the price. Yeah, but if you want to go on Halloween, which there's a chance that I might be going on the thirty first next year, um, it's one hundred and thirty five dollars, and that's I've got to do that three times. <laughs> Jeez, so, yeah. yeah. And people say Discovery Cove is expensive. Yeah, but that's uh, that's for another podcast. Yeah. Um. So the the next question he had was to do with, uh, as we mentioned earlier, annual passes. Yeah. Now these have recently gone up, so um, they're they're very easy to find actually. I think. Yeah. Certainly, uh, e- I think easier than finding the American annual passes. Yeah. Um, and it, it never used to be quite this easy, but over the years it has got more user friendly. Yeah, and and even the renewals and stuff like that have become a a lot easier than they were, say even two, three years ago. Mm. That's right. So you can actually go on the Disneyland Paris website and uh, if you look under the the parts and tickets options there is a a link there which takes you to the annual pass information. And what they do is they provide a, a grid which has the different types of annual pass that you can buy, and it shows you uh, the costs and what you actually get for that. Um, so there's four passes, and there's been four passes for as long as I can remember. I think I got my first annual pass uh, 
oh god when would that have been 2011 maybe 2012 yeah. i think it was before the 20th I'm sure it was before the 20th that i got my first one but um regardless they've normally always had at least four tiers i think there might have been a, a fifth one that was a really budget one at one point but it's it's been four for at least the last five years yeah. now um and they've all got different benefits and, and bits like that but let's let's kind of go down to the price first of all so the most basic pass they offer is called discovery yep and the other thing as well actually so it always used to be you had to pay up front um, yep. especially if you didn't live uh in france but uh, they've changed yeah. that so now you can yeah. do a direct the introduction debit. yeah the introduction of, it's well they say it's direct debit but it's it's actually not it's it's called sepa which is the european backs payment method right um which hasn't been around that long i i've worked in finance for 20 years nearly um and it's only been in the last few years that we've we've started using it um so that's the big thing it it they lay it out as a direct debit and it's taken um but it is a different kind of payment type that they use and you do if you aren't going to do it that way you do need to provide an iban number now most british banks do have iban numbers on your bank account but not everyone does so if you are planning to do that the first thing you'll need check. to do is check right, you've got one. Um, and if you have, you need to take evidence of that with you. They normally ask yep. for a bank statement, actually. Yes. Um, Which normally normally has the IBAN number on the top yes. of it. Yeah. So I don't know if that's what I ask you for it, but... Um, I think it possibly is, just to make sure that they're getting the right number. Yeah. Uh, but so you'll need to do that as well. If you've got an online bank, obviously just shout on your phone um, or, or take yep. a print out with you. But they will ask to see that as well, and and you need to show your your passport or some other kind of photographic ID yeah. as well when you you purchase one. Um, so yeah, so the discovery is one hundred and seventy nine euros for the year, or eleven euros per month after an, an initial payment of sixty euros. So all of these have the same condition. If you're going to go and pay monthly, you need to pay sixty euros up front. Yeah, and the the. The sixty euros used to be the the price of a one day ticket, mm. um, which is why they used to used to set that, and they've never changed it, despite the fact that the the park tickets have gone up in price. Yeah, and what they will actually do. So if you, I, I don't know, say you you're visiting for the day, or you, you might be going for a couple of days, and you've bought park tickets in advance because you can do that from various websites and um, places like Attractions Tickets Direct is one. Uh, picnic is another one um i think that's the one we used last time actually and uh you can often get tickets much cheaper than on the gate yeah so when we did run disney last year i bought i, I knew i was going to buy an annual pass yeah um but what i did is i bought a one-day ticket to get me in the park cheaper than it was kind of going to cost me on the gate and when you go in there and buy an annual pass they actually um take off the amount of the day ticket yeah, and then you pay the if there's any difference, you you pay that. Yeah, that's right. If you if you paid less than the sixty euros, which sometimes you can do if you buy them in in advance enough. Yeah, some some companies will have it for for less than that, and that's just a one one day one park ticket. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't have to. I can't remember how much I paid for my one day ticket. I thought I paid about sixty quid for mine, but yeah. Um, 
because I'm a shareholder and and I'm sure if you have been a Disneyland Paris shareholder, you probably already got an annual pass anyway. Um, but if not, you do get 15% off the price of an annual pass while those cards are still valid. Now, um, I think it's... When was it? Twenty third. I think it's 2023. No, it's going to be later than that. 2026, maybe, is when the shareholders' cards were extended to. So... Um, we were given when our sh- our shares were were bought out by Disney, they reissued everyone with a new um, shareholders club membership card, which uh, gave you a new. It used to be every two years, but this one gave yep. you one for ten, um, and everyone had the same end date, and that was one of the guarantees that we were given if we sold our shares to Disney. Yeah, um, was that we we'd get it for ten years. So if you got one of those, you do get that discount off as well. So I, I wonder if because I had the fifteen percent off anyway, they just took the yeah. ticket price off, and and that's why they have to pay a difference. Yeah, I didn't. Have to, I don't think I had to pay a lot last year. It mm. was it was very minimal, um, something like five euros or something like that. It wasn't it wasn't loads. Mm. Oh, it's good, to, but it's good to, good to be aware of anyway. Um, yeah. So that this discovery, uh, as I said, is one hundred and seventy nine for the year. Uh, the magic flex is two five nine, um, or nineteen euros a month. The magic plus is two nine nine, or twenty two euros a month. And then the infinity, which is like the ultimate pass that they do, is now four four nine, or thirty six yeah. a month. Um, now, there's different. As I said, there's different restrictions on all these tickets. Um, so for the Discovery, it gets you in for 150 days of the year. Uh, the Magic Flex, 300 days. Magic Plus, 350 days. And the Infinity will get you in 365 days in yeah. a year. Um, so when, and again, if you're on the website, you can, uh, it shows, there's a link below all of these that says view the uh, validity, validity period, which will tell you what the blackout days are. And what that basically means is, you know, if you've got a Discovery or Magic Flex, you can only use it on the days that are highlighted. If um, yep. those days have been greyed out, um, you can't go. That's it. But there is one way out of that. There is indeed. And that would be if you're staying on property. If you're staying on one of the Disney hotels, that takes your blackout dates away. No, um, it's not something they advertise, but it is nope. something that yeah, it, it is, is accurate. I think you need to... Do you need to show your hotel key? Yes. Yeah, uh, and that and that will give you the access. But yeah, yeah. so uh, that's something to bear in mind. Now, a lot of people, because of the cost of it, and especially if they're going to stay on site, will just get the discovery because it's the cheapest option. Yeah. There's one problem with that, and that is when you buy the discovery pass, it actually automatically blacks out the second and third days after yeah. you bought the pass. Now you can. Buy these passes obviously at the gate in the park, um, yeah. or you can buy these in advance. What they would often do if you uh, did it online was they would actually validate the card when you purchased it, which meant that that card was active. But if you order it via the phone, then they actually send you a voucher and yeah. you have to activate it when you get there. So if you ordered it online and it came through the post, it had already been activated. And obviously the two and the second and third day blackouts would actually be happening in transit. So you couldn't use yeah. the pass anyway. Um, 
but it's something that people have been stung by recently. And so just because of the, you know, the, the potential problem you might have with that, I would always recommend going for the Magic Flex upwards, even though it's a little bit yeah. more money. Um, it just means that you know you're not going to have that issue with the blackout days. Yeah. And they are stuck on blackout days. So although we just said that if you're staying on property, um, that will bypass your blackout days, that second and third day rule, it doesn't matter. If you're staying on property, it's still the second and third day after you first buy the pass. Yeah. So it's not going to wash. Um, yeah. You know, the only time I think that's going to be useful for you is if you're going to Disneyland Paris, but you're actually planning some days in Paris while you're there. Yeah. And that way you can use those two days to, you know, not do park-related stuff. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I would personally avoid the Discovery Pass. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And and also the fact that that, that pass has no other benefits other than park entry yeah so we'll we'll run through what the other the other perks of having a pass are so uh, the first one is the use of disney car park yeah now what's interesting is that um if you pay 60 euros on the discovery then they will give you access to the car park yeah um, which i think is the equivalent of two just over two days car park and i think it's 25 euros a day now to use the car park yeah um but if you buy the magic flex upwards then you get free yep. car parking full stop and yep. if you buy the infinity there is a section at the front of the car park which is reserved for infinity pass holders only yeah so it just means that you're you know you're able to park right down at the front and not have to you know walk all the way from the back of the car park yeah um now, it's only a limited section, and when you get there, you have to show your Infinity Pass at the gate, and they give you a, a tag, um, which you display, and um, that means that you know they know that you're supposed to park there. But um, yeah, get there early if you want to make sure you definitely get an Infinity Spaces is my recommendation for that. Um, you also get 10% off in Disney Paris shops. Yeah. Um, if you, but again, if you get the infinity that goes up to 20 percent um disney hotels you do get a special rates 130 euros but again with the infinity it starts at 108 that price is based on uh, the santa fe which yep. is traditionally was the cheapest on-site hotel but we'll come to that later on because that's not actually the case now <laughs> i found um but yeah, so that is what the the lowest price would be at low season. So that gives you a rough idea of what you might look to expect to pay. But obviously, if you stay in one of the more premium hotels, the room rate will change. It will still be cheaper than the off-the-shelf price um, with that. Um, you get 20% off one-day tickets at the park. Um, you get a discount on the annual pass, for uh, the annual photo pass. Now, you can only buy an annual photo pass if you've got a, an annual pass. Yep. Otherwise, if you buy a photo pass in the park, I think it lasts for 10 days. Yeah, I think so. I've 10... never actually used one of the normal ones. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain it's 10 concurrent days. So whatever day you first use it, it's 10 days from then on. Because some people I know have bought a photo pass, come back, given it to like a friend or tried to set it on, 
and they've tried to use it when they've gone and it's it's obviously no longer working because it has expired. Yeah. Um, so there's an annual photo pass that you can buy, which obviously lasts for the same amount of time as your, your annual pass does. And it's yeah. either 65 um, euros. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, carry on. I was going to say about what exactly what you're saying. Oh, what the price is. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, I'm just waffling on. You know what I'm like. No, just... I know. <laughs> I let you. <laughs> I know you're you're bad influence. Um, so it's 65 euros on the flex, 59 on the plus, and it's included with the infinity. Yeah. And that to me, you know, when when I do say to people because I've got a magic plus and you've got an infinity. Yeah. And uh, it's one of the things that I do say to people to bear in mind because. Uh, a photo pass when you're there, I think now has gone up to 70 euros for that 10 day yeah. one. Yeah. If I remember rightly, cause we scanned mine Pirates of the Caribbean ride mm-hmm. um, in the shop there when we, we last went and I'm sh- sure that's right. I'm sure it was, it was 60, it might've been 69 or 70. Mm. I can't remember, but yeah, definitely those, those kind of prices now. Yeah. So, I mean, immediately when you look at Infinity, you've got to take that price off yeah. um, when you're comparing it because you're getting that included, which otherwise you'd have to pay for. Yeah. Um, on um, on the two top tier passes, you get uh, 10% and 15% off in Disneyland Paris restaurants. Yeah. Um, that's not that's everyone in the parks. And uh, you can also use it in some of the restaurants in the village. Yeah. So uh, Vapiano's, I used it in recently. Yeah, um, I used it in, in Cafe Mickey's. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Planet Hollywood. Uh, I'm not sure about Rainforest, um, but you definitely use it in Planet Hollywood. And also I've used it in, um, oh, what's it called? The um, Early Sandwich. Yeah. Only on certain things, though. You can Can't... use it on anything that's not a set menu. Yeah, because they do like a couple of set menus in there where you get, you know, a sandwich, uh, a snack, and a drink for a set price. So you can't use it off that, but on full price items you can. Um, you get twenty uh, percent off Buffalo Bills. Yeah, something in over twenty five years of going to Disneyland Paris, I've never done still. No, and I don't. I'm going to see it in the the state it's in at the moment. <laughs> Before uh, it gets its upgrade again, yeah. Um, again, on the top two tiers, you get ten percent off at Golf Disney, Golf yeah. Disneyland, um, which is their their on site golf courses. Just uh, slightly a little bit of news here. Nothing that we're going to talk about much, but mm-hmm. um, it's just been announced that they're building a new Marriott hotel out at the Golf Disneyland. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. So that'll be the second Marriott in close vicinity now in similar manner i suppose to walt disney world because there's a couple of marriott's um around disney springs mm. so yeah. that's interesting though. that's interesting it's good that you know more hotels is always a good thing yeah even if they're out there um with the infinity you also get 15 percent off breakfast with disney characters yeah um which i believe would also include cafe mickey uh, I'm not sure if Cafe Mickey's open oh, for breakfast. No, I don't think you're right. I noticed that it's when only I was last dinner there. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be Plaza Gardens. Yes, and if they bring it back, they were doing it at Cinderella. Yeah, uh, recently, but um, 
that stopped as of April. That was a, a testing, yep. and we'll see if it comes back in the near future. Yeah, and I, I think these are, there's a, a lot of tests of things going on at the moment. Mm. Um, for what's coming. Yes, yeah. Um, you can also, on the top tier uh, passes, get uh, one-day two-part tickets for 45 euros and 39 euros, respectively. Which I used the last time we went. It, I think it's ten in a week. Yeah, yeah. But I used I used two, two in two days. Yeah, it was just me and the boy. Yeah, that's it exactly. I think for stuff like that, it's it's great. I was I was considering that when we are going to go in in October, but we're probably going to be going for. I, is it? It might be five tickets actually. It might be um. five tickets in a week. Because... No, it's no, it's definitely more than that. Okay. I'm sure it's it's ten, and then obviously you get the 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 cheaper tickets, the cheaper entry tickets. Yeah. On top of that, so it's not as bad. Okay. And um, so... you get reserve entrance at Disney Park, so there is one turnstile in in the studios and in Disneyland Park itself, which is reserved yeah. for uh, Infinity and Magic Plus guests. Um, so normally there's a shorter queue there which is quite good um, you get extra magic time access so if you weren't staying you know if you're staying at a Disneyland hotel you get that anyway but if you're staying off site you would still get the extra magic hours yeah um, you can go to the annual pass event so I obviously went to the Princess and Pirates soiree recently in Mickey's 90th birthday um, they announce uh well, they just announced one for September, haven't they, of 100 characters? Yeah. Um, so they normally do about three or four of those a year, um, but you can only get tickets. You can only buy tickets if you've got one of those two passes. Yeah. Uh, another thing I've never done, and I don't know why I've never asked for it. I think I've just been <laughs> a bit n- nervous of doing it for some reason, but um, you get a free drink in a restaurant yep. if you go to a sit-down restaurant, um, yep. and it's uh, it's a fruit cocktail. Yes, and it's very nice. Everyone says that. Everyone says yeah. that. Um, now, one of the more controversial things with this change that happened at the beginning of April is uh, you, for, for the Magic Plus and Infinity, you used to get um, free use of their strollers or yeah. push chairs in the UK, um, guest storage and wheelchairs. Uh, well, actually, and kennels, but I've never known anyone use the kennels. Um but that was available for the two top tiers. They took that away from the Magic Plus yeah. um, with this recent change. So because I bought my pass last September, um, I still get it until my pass runs out. But for yeah. anyone buying it after the beginning of April, uh, that you no longer get that. Yeah. And that can be, that can be you know, uh, it, it's uh, 10 euros an item for yeah. the luggage, uh, for suitcases. I think it's five euros if it's a small bag, but 10 euros per item for uh, suitcases. So, um, you know, I would always take my luggage down the last day, wheel it down, you know, from the hotel uh, through the village into the parks, uh, into guest storage. So I could just, you know, spend a day there, not have to worry about going back to the hotel and get my suitcase, just, you know, pick it up and go straight to the station. So um, that's another thing to consider. Um, strollers and wheelchairs there's a deposit you have to pay if you don't have that included in your pass which i think is about 50 euros a day yeah for that it's um 
it's refund uh, you you have to pay a deposit and you have to pay a daily charge sorry um and i think they've just in, increased the deposit but the deposit obviously you will get back uh, i think it's got up to 200 euros now um but yeah i think it's 50 50 euros a day for uh, for wheelchair access so it, it, it's just another thing to consider you know if that's something that's going to you know you're going to use and take advantage of then that is something that you'll have to factor in as well um privileged car park that's on an infinity Which we've already talked about yeah, yeah. I don't know why it's on there again um vrp season for selected shows so again this is only with the infinity in fact actually yeah. these last ones are all just for, for infinity so um what they do is they have a, a section for all the live shows they have so that's um the cinemagique theater and the yeah. animagique theater and um i suppose when it reopens the um chaparral is it yeah. called the frontierland theater now I think yeah it. i think so um so th- there's a special section so you can actually uh phone up in advance three days in advance or you can do it on the day go to the concierge desk and uh, they will reserve you seats for one of the shows and they also with the the castle stage as well yes um, there's actually a viewing area that you can get into you don't have to book yeah um there will be a cast member on the rope yeah um that will let you in as long as you produce that annual pass yeah and that's the same for fireworks as well actually yes of an evening so yeah and that's right right in front of the the annual pass building yes now they do um as paul says you you can just go and show your pass and they'll let you in but especially during the summer it can get really busy so there is a limit of how many yeah. people they ha- they have that um area reserved for so if you want to make sure you definitely will get a spot just go and see the concierge or, or phone up yeah. and they will and you will get a place um but if you just walk up there's every chance i mean this time of year you probably won't have to worry too much to be honest but during high season it can get very busy there um, you get a dedicated phone line with the concierge service as well, and also access to swim pools at uh, some of the hotels. So um, Newport Bay is one. Uh, Disneyland Hotel, I think, is another one. I, Sequoia. Yeah. I know um, they're going down for maintenance at the moment, so Sequoia Lodges is closed until, I think, June. Then when yeah, that but one then I goes, think Newport goes down. Yeah, as soon as that one reopens. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, but and obviously the New York would be included in that. Yes, um, and probably will be once it reopens um, yeah. at the beginning of the next year. Yeah, so that is a breakdown of of the passes and the benefits uh, for those, and, and a bit of an explanation as to what they mean. So, uh, as I said, we both bought different passes last year. Um, if I'm honest, um, I think I'm going to go and upgrade to an Infinity. Uh, this time around um, yep. even though it's gone up another 50 euros as I said once you take out that 70 euro charge that you'd be paying for an annual uh, for a, a photo pass just for a few days um, you know that brings it down to 380 and I think yeah. with the additional benefits and you know the extra percentages off in shops and things like that it, it soon pays for itself yeah it really does and I've only been twice on my pass since I got it Mm. And I think I've made my money back. Yeah. So, so 
I, I would definitely say, you know, I mean, again, it comes down to your budget and everything like that, but I would... Now, I wouldn't get us all in Infinity Pass. No. So at the moment, with this, this trip we're looking to do in October, I'm trying to work out what we're going to do about the ticket situation. I'm, am I going to buy Magic Flex Passes for them um, or, or Magic Plus? Um, but because you've got the annual photo pass, you don't all need one. And... No you know, we'll all be together. So if we're, you know, having a meal, we'll just use the Infinity Pass. If we're doing some shopping, we'll use the Infinity Pass. So I, I would say that, you know, if there's a there's a family of you going and you're all looking to get annual passes, you don't all need to have the same level. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it depends on what you want to do as well, because last time we did it, when I had an annual pass meal, when my wife always wants to stay on property. Mm-hmm. so we just booked for them for her and my little one and just added me on when i got there yeah so it swings and roundabouts there's lots of, of different ways of going about it yeah. um you can obviously all get annual passes of different levels or or you can do as i said but do the package or you can use those cheaper tickets if you've got the higher higher level depending on how long you're going to be going for yeah yeah so that's it i mean you know, I might see how much the day tickets are, uh, or, or or do some calculations. And let's just say, if we do four days, it's going to cost me, um, you know, ninety euros a day for that time. Well, what's going to be cheaper? You know, three yeah. three or four days of of ninety euros, or uh, two lower tier annual passes. Yeah, you know, and that's what you've just got to you've got to work out. But at the same time, and this is what um, we were discussing um, earlier tonight about it. If we are going to go back within twelve months, well, then it, it yeah. obviously makes sense to buy annual passes. Yeah, for everyone, um, but just a lower tier one for everyone else in the party, and uh, a higher tier one for for me to get the benefits for everyone else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, um, this isn't going to apply for for many people, but if if this is where you fall into, um, if you've got five or more annual passes that you're buying all at once, uh, because there's you know two adults and three children, or, or that kind of uh, that kind of uh, family dynamic, then you can get twenty percent off on all of those passes. Yeah. So it's like a group discount that they do. Um, it says it, it, it always says it the same address. Yeah. as well which i think is a, a bit of an odd one uh but i've never known i've known people do it where it's been like you know the mother-in-law um uh, you know or like the grandparents and the kids and the grandkids um they don't all live together but they're the same family name and they've all been able to, to buy at the discount so um i'm not sure how they enforce that but that's the official line is that you should all be living at the same address yeah yeah, uh, I'm not sure about that. I've never had need to uh, to worry about that. But yeah, I can imagine it's pretty simple to get around that and just put the same address on everybody's. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's so that that's a breakdown. So I mean, uh, you know, Phil did say that um, you know he was trying to work out which one would be the the best option for him. Um, I think you need to, you know, think about how you're going to use it. Um, you know, and what the discounts are going to be, and and therefore what you think is going to be of the best uh, the best use for you, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's difficult to to pinpoint it exactly for 
for other people's needs. Yeah. So just give you the the basic overall overall view of it all. Yeah. Now the other thing that he was talking about as well, because he was obviously intrigued by the the hotel prices and what that actually meant. Yeah. So we gave a breakdown that the example I give you there is is Santa Fe. Now the reason why I said that is because when I've been looking recently, I've actually found the Cheyenne to be a bit cheaper than the Santa Which Fe. Which is interesting, consider, considering the Cheyenne's been done up since the Santa Fe. Yep. That's strange. Very. Yeah, I can't work it out. And you can argue that Cheyenne's a little bit nearer. I think the only thing that I maybe one of the reasons why it's a bit cheaper at the moment than the Santa Fe is because usually you've got um, the Santa Fe and Sequoia Lodge on and, and Newport Bay on one side of the the river, and you've yep. got the Cheyenne and you've got the Hotel New York on the other side. And you can, you know, they both have paths and you walk down the side of the rivers and, you know, get there. Now, at the moment, because of the uh, construction to the Hotel New York, you can't actually walk the whole way down on a Cheyenne yeah. side. So you do have to cross the, the bridge over, which, I mean, is no distance. You know, it's, it's just going across a river. Um, yeah. But, you know, I wonder if that's why, you know, maybe because there's a slight inconvenience, they made it a bit cheaper. I don't know. But I did think it yeah. was odd that a, a hotel that was only what finished res- uh, renovation the end of 2017, I think, yeah, mid 2017, uh, is now cheaper. Yeah, because we went, we went 2017. Yeah, yeah, and all... it was being worked on at the time. Yeah, yeah, my wife and uh, uh, my kids and my mother-in-law they all went um, while it was still being finished up in 2017, and um, yeah. Uh, at that, even at that time, it was still more expensive than Santa Fe. So it's, it's, it's interesting that that's the, as of right now, the the newest renovated hotel, and yet it's actually coming up cheaper than the Santa Fe. Yeah, they're both two star. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy both of them uh, personally. Yeah, but um, yeah, so, so that might be one to consider. Um, now, uh, another thing is uh, hotels. We talked about hotels, and obviously you get the discounts on the on-site hotels. So that's the ones we mentioned and the Newport Bay and uh, the Disneyland Hotel. Yep. They're your hotels on-site. Uh, that are Disney hotels, obviously. Uh, the New York is closed at the moment and will be coming the Art of Marvel, uh, hopefully next year. Yeah, that's when it's due to open. Yeah, it's, I think it's spring next year. Yeah, I think that they're aiming for just in time for the next Marvel season, I imagine. Um, yeah, I would imagine so. But uh, but yeah, there's 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 plenty of hotels to stay at, and you know, Phil made a comment about you know he was happy to go to, uh, stay at Santa Fe because he didn't want to be too far away from the parks. But I actually, and I think you would also argue that uh, you know a lot of these hotels aren't as far away as you think. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Now, you are a big fan of the Explorers Hotel. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've stayed there three times now, I think. Yeah, three. Um, and each time, being comfortable stay, the, the breakfasts are good, uh, easy to get to the park, both by bus or walking, as we did mm-hmm. uh, last year. Um for some reason, I always get an upgrade. Yeah. Um, still don't know why. Um, 
all three times I've been given a family suite instead of a a double room. Um, well, the second time with you, we were given a double room, and then somebody else happened to be in it still. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they gave us a family suite. Yep. Um, so that's a plus point. Um, whether my name's on some list now. Um, as long as it's not like on a, on a no fly list or something, then you're fine, aren't nah. you? No, luckily enough, it it wasn't. So, um, but yeah, I I really like it. It's it still looks good despite the fact it's been there for a while now. Mm. Um, one of the the earlier ones, um, and yeah, literally, what would you say? Twenty minute walk, twenty five uh, minute. Walk? I would say yeah, I would say a twenty five to thirty minute walk in total. And the reason I say that is we both walk quite quickly yeah i uh, you know not everyone will walk at that kind of pace so i think 25 to 30 is probably a reasonable expectation of of how yeah. long it might take you to walk um the santa fe is the furthest disneyland hotel um on property and that is about uh, i'd say 15 20 minute walk so yeah. you know you've got an idea there you know another five ten minutes on on top um, it's probably where you're going to be for that. Um, and, you know, you've got other hotels there. You've got the Magic Circus and uh, the B&B yeah. hotel is there now. Yeah. Um, and is that with the Blueies yeah. as well? Yeah, the Radisson Blues there. Mm. The Vienna House Dreamcastle and the Vienna House Magic Circus are also there. Yeah. Um, and the Kyriad, which has changed its name, but Disney haven't updated their website yet. <laughs> so we can't um, tell you what it is. Um, no. But yeah, so, you know, they're, they're all ones that are on site and they all have buses. So you're not yep. you're not fixed to walk. The only thing with any hotel bus, I would say, no matter where it is, you know, whether it's a Disney hotel or one of the partner ones, is that they get extremely busy at certain times, obviously at closing time. And yep. it is a real fight to get on those buses. So um, for that reason, I like to stay at a hotel that's not too far um to walk um just because i know you know i can probably avoid getting a bus um yeah i mean i do although i i don't mind the walk from the explorers i do have to look back at when we did the 5k and there was no chance of us getting a bus and <gasps> yeah it was freezing cold and yeah. it took us a good while to you know because we was walking with a, bit, a bit of a pace we warmed up but um yeah i did not enjoy that walk that time no, and it hadn't helped that we'd been sat outside McDonald's for an hour either. No, definitely not. Oh, the joys of uh, finishing a 5K. Yeah. So the, I found the, the new name of the, the Kyriad. Mm-hmm. It's now the Hotel Campanile Val de France. I should have remembered that because we've got a Campanile where I live. I've yeah. never heard of the chain before until I moved here. And we've got one. Um, so, yeah, that's they've obviously taken ownership of that. Um, I don't know if they've actually done it up. I think they've just changed the name of it, haven't they? Yeah, I th- I believe. To be fair, it was still in fairly good nick because it was one of the, the newer ones. Right. Um, I think that was possibly even the last but one because the B&B is only about three years old. Um, well, wasn't the... Um, th- there was a couple of those hotels. I think Explorers might have been one, actually. It used to be Thomas Cook. Yes, and that has been done up. Yeah. It was it was taken over, right? Okay, because um, it was a different theme. Uh, you'll, you'd be able to tell from from outside actually that there's a a completely different theme to bits of the hotel. 
compared to, to what it is now. Um, like there's some there's some Chinese dragons outside and and things like that. And I, I think that was the the original theme when Thomas Cook owned it. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, what I will say about these hotels is they're, they're normally a fair bit cheaper. Yeah. And also, um, they they normally all have, they're actually, I'd say, arguably better themed. It's not all of them, yeah. some of them. Like, you know, um, the Explorers has got a, a really nice water park in it. Yeah. Um, not huge, but certainly sufficient enough. So if you, the kids want to, you know, come back after a long day and, and have a splash about in a pool, they've got a really nice pool there and, there's a 4D cinema there that you can go to and, you know, places to eat and, and stuff. Um, the Magic Circus, obviously, is designed to look like a circus for out. So, yeah, um, yeah they're better things than the Disney ones, really. Um, but yeah. they're more quirky. Um, so it, it's things to consider. But, you know, I was just looking on Expedia the other day and um, for me to stay, for over the same time period, for me to stay at... Um, the Santa Fe or Sequoia Lodge was about £700, I think, for the days that we wanted to go. And uh, the Explorers was about half that price. Yeah. So I'm, my my wife will not stay there because um, she doesn't like having to walk that far after a long day <laughs> in the parks. But, yeah. you know, if it was me, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be adverse to it. But, you know, horses for courses. But they're the ones that are partner hotels um on the same kind of land mass as yeah. disneyland um but my preference to always staying somewhere is actually val de europe yeah now we've talked about val de europe before it's the uh, little town that's in a way an equivalent to celebration but without the um the white picket fences and strict rules um and it's one stop away on the tube uh, yeah, the RER service, um, or um, about five ten minutes on a bus that yeah. again goes from the same bus uh, depot uh, outside the parks. Um, I, I love the Valley Europe area because you've got a massive shopping centre and uh, yeah, a massive supermarket in there as well. So I normally go in there to get drinks and snacks. As I said in a recent episode, I took Ryan there and we was buying uh, some beers for the room and stuff. Um, and there's lots of choices of hotels that are there as well. Yeah. And the difference with staying there rather than even staying on the partner one is, you know, you've either got to have a bit of a walk or try and fight to get on a bus. With yeah. these hotels, you've got the choice of a bus or uh, which which are normally a bit quieter, um, or you can just pop down to the train station and it's one stop. It takes um, two minutes once you get on the train. And the trains normally run about every 10 minutes um, unless it's uh, peak time and then it might be every five minutes. But you don't have to wait very long is what I'm saying. And um, and then you're there. And, you know, you've got some really, you, you've got some really nice hotels there, which are a little bit pricey, um, but you've also got plenty of um, more reasonable priced accommodation. And you're now seeing a lot of Airbnbs around there as well. Yes, yeah, that seems to be becoming a big thing. In fact, I'm scrolling through the, uh, the internet earlier, BBC and saying it's it's becoming a big thing in the UK as well. So mm. it's definitely spreading. So yeah, that's that's another another option to look at. Yeah, especially if you know a lot of because I was looking at Airbnbs uh, last year. 
in that area. And um, there are some that are, you know, for a few people, like two or three people, but the majority of them were, you know, sleep sleeps up to 10. And you'd, all, you'd basically be having, you know, a, a normal house with, you know, three or four bedrooms that you'd have access to. Um, yeah. And, you know, if, you're, if there's a big group of you going, that's a good way of, of saving some money compared to a hotel. Um, and then you'd be able to also, you know, do breakfast, dinners, that kind of stuff there if you wanted to as well. Um, so it's just another option. Uh, my personal favourite uh, that I've stayed in that area was the Elise. I used to yeah. stay there all the time. It's right on the corner uh, across from both the train station and the shopping centre. So you'd get off the train and within a minute you'd be in the hotel. Yeah, and um, that is classed as a good neighbour hotel as well. Yes, it was one of the first ones, actually. Yeah. So you can get discount Disney tickets through them as well. Um, so, yeah, so that was always my favourite. But there was one that was uh, an apartment hotel, and there's actually a couple. I can't remember which one we say that now, but we had six of us that went. And yep. you ended up with uh, three bedrooms and a pull-out bed in a in a in like a living room area, and it had like a little kitchenette, and that was really yep. cheap. I think it cost us about one hundred and fifty quid for about five days. Yeah, and I couldn't afford there, it. There's one on the list of um, good neighbours as well, the Adagio. Oh, that's uh, the one actually. I'm pretty yep. sure it's the Adagio, which is now yeah. one hundred fifty-nine pound a night. <laughs> yeah, that's gone up a little bit, hasn't it? But yeah. then, but again, you know, I think if you, because most Disney hotels will only um, sleep for yeah or people in. So if you are going away, you know, we're probably not on this trip in October, but, but possibly next year we'll be going back with my mother-in-law. So there could be five of us going um, and most rooms won't sleep five people. Yeah. You'll have to have a second room. So, um yeah, if there's if there's more than that going, then it's still probably worthwhile looking at it. And to be fair, £159 a night is still going to be cheaper than a Disney hotel. Yeah. yeah on the exactly. most part. Yeah. So, but yeah, and, you know, I think it's always good to look at places like Expedia um, as well as official sites. So, again, looking at this trip, I've looked at on-site on Disneyland Paris's website. They always sell you and they only sell you packages with tickets on there. So yeah. if you've got an, an annual pass or you, and you want to use that discount, for example, you'd actually have to uh, either phone them, which will cost you quite a lot of money, or you can actually get on the website, you can actually ask for a callback. You put your number in and they will phone you. So that's yeah. what I always recommend. And you just ask to be put through to the annual pass line and they'll put you through to somebody. You give them the dates, what pass you've got, and they will tell you what... Um, what rooms prices they've got at that time um, if you see it. But those rooms will not have any tickets. That's the other big difference. Um, if you look on somewhere like Expedia or Hotels.com or Bookings.com, um, you'll often get with the Disney hotels that they sell on there, either room only or with tickets. Yeah. So uh, if you see the uh, like a really cheap option, that probably will stipulate it doesn't include park tickets or will not mention park tickets at all but there's normally a, a follow-on option which is one with tickets and it will state with tickets and that normally bumps up the price quite considerably yeah yeah it definitely does 
And all I would say as well is, um, you know, when you search an Expedia, if you search for uh, either Disneyland Paris or Mont Laval or, or Val de Europe even, um, you often get places that say that they're in Mont Laval, but actually when you look on the map, they're like 12, 15 miles away. Yeah, yeah, def- you have to definitely be careful. So always um, look on the map. Um, yeah. And my tip, because I, I do know quite a lot of people that stay further up than I would do, is, um, you know, if you're looking at an area like uh, Business St. George's or something like that, look on the map where it is the train station. If it's within walking distance, you're not going to be spending more than about 10, 15 minutes on a train. Um, no. But you can often get a place that's actually, you know, a 15, 20 minute walk from the train station. So you've got to, you know, factor all these extra timings into your journey and then offset that with the saving you're going to make by not staying somewhere nearer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely make sure you're you're getting what you want. You're not just taking, oh, look, it's cheap. We'll stay there without actually doing any, any research. Yeah. I've almost made that mistake before thinking the hotel was nearer than it actually was because of what it was called or where it said it was. Yeah. Um, and you think, blimey, that's cheap, £69 a night. And, and then you look look at why. And if you want to go really budget, here's a good tip for you. Um, there's two Ibis hotels. Yes. Right near the train station. Um, in fact, there's two exits to the train station. So if you take the one that's not towards the shopping centre, you're actually right on top of these Ibis hotels. And there's one that's a regular and one that's uh, a budget. And yep. the budget one you can get for about 35, 39 euros a night. And they're really not bad. We stayed in one in, in Birmingham, at Birmingham Airport yeah. um, last year. And they're really not bad. They're, but they're, they're completely they're, basic. But yeah. they're, they're normally quite clean and you know beds are fairly comfortable. Um, yeah, and they're, they're well set out as well. It's, it's quite clever. So you've got like a double bed and then above it is a, a kid's bed. Yes. Um, which we thought was very clever. And they built the shower into like a cupboard. Oh. So it's in the main room. Wow, okay. Just kind of in a corner. And then this, the shower, so you've got the sink and everything by the by the door for the toilet. So the toilet's in a separate room, but everything else is in in the main room. So it's, for what it is, it's it's fairly clever. Yeah. To, to get everything in. I mean, the thing is, I don't, I don't really think, you know, for me, it's more important to be able to go on a holiday than to say, well, I can't afford to go because, you know, I've got to stay at one of these hotels. You know, if you're on yeah. a budget, there's nothing wrong with that, and just and find something that suits your budget. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, if I'm going to Disneyland Paris, I'm going there because I'm going to the parks. I'm going yeah. to be in a hotel room to sleep. I'm going to be in it for like, you know, seven eight hours of my day and I'll be asleep for most of them. So, you know, as long as it's clean and it's not too noisy, um, you know, if I can save some money, I, I will do. I'm quite happy to. Yeah, exactly. And especially when, when we are taking multiple trips throughout, throughout a year, it's sometimes you have to take those, the more budget route of doing it. Yeah, I see it. That's, that's really what it comes down to. So, yeah, so I hope that gives you some useful tips. Well, everyone, really. I mean, that was because Phil would ask the questions. But, yeah, I, I hope that just in general that's maybe given you a bit of food for thought, really. Um, yeah. I don't think people talk about 
off-site options enough. I think we're so focused no. on Disney. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely do think that. Hopefully that will help people. Because yeah. I certainly, when I first started going regularly, I would have loved to have known about all of these these different options that you had rather than just going direct to, to trying to book it at Disney. Well, I don't think I I ever stayed off site until mid mid two thousands. Yeah. Because, you know, if you if you booked through a travel agent or something, they would only advertise Disney hotels. But exactly. being able to do a bit of research on the internet, you suddenly got this uh whole new uh world of, of options. Um yeah. and it's, and to be honest it's the same getting there. Like I never ever thought about um, getting a train into Paris and then uh, negotiating my way from Paris, I'd always have to get a direct train. Yeah, um, and being able to, you know, either go via Lille or you know, or going to Paris and then changing over, um, gives you so many more options and can often save you money as well. Yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. Right, so that's enough of that. Um, let's talk about some of the, the news. And there's a few bits that I know have definitely caught your eye recently. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a couple of things that are, are similar in, in vain is is both the, the Phantom Manor soiree um, or whatever they're calling it, annual pass event, um, to to reveal the the major refurb that's been going on for for the last year and a bit. Um, very short notice. Both of us have said it. Um, I was really looking forward to this happening at some point, and because of the short notice, I've just got absolutely no hope of of getting there. Um, sadly, and I, I know you felt felt similar. Um, I managed to get tickets, which a lot of people didn't do. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't. Um, yeah, it was going to be a struggle for me to get the time off that quickly, and also, it, it's not—it's not actually a proper soiree. It is no. almost like a preview event, yeah. and quite frankly, I couldn't—you know—if it was a proper soiree and there was, you know, special shows and you know, I don't know, maybe some rare characters or something, um, I'd probably be more interested. I'm not—I say that I'm not all that fussed with um, the characters like a lot of people are, but I do quite like to meet certain characters yeah. um but with the soirees they normally put on special shows and different fireworks and, and stuff and if yeah. it was that i might have been more desperate to do something but yeah and i think it probably would have taken them longer to organize if it had been something like this 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 kind of seems like it's been chucked together because oh we're opening we need to do something i i think the fact that the the date kept moving has yeah. meant that that um, they weren't able. I, I think originally, because the the first soiree they did ever was um, March, I think yeah. of last year or February. It was the Tower of Terror one. Yeah. Before fan days, and um, yeah, and, and you know they they announced that. And I think it was about two months out or something. I mean, yeah. it wasn't a huge amount of time, but still better. Um, but that was for an attraction that was that was already open. So, you know, Phantom Manor was supposed to originally be down for about eight months, I think. Yeah. And it's been down for almost, I think by the time it opens, about 15. Yeah. Close to. So it's it's definitely taken a lot longer than they were expecting it to. And I think they, 
yeah, as you said, that they finally got a date. Yes, we're definitely going to open now, and thought, right, we better do something for like the reopening. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see them actually announce a soiree at some time. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you know that the only soiree they've announced since the Princess and Pirates is the one in September because that's an, quite a long time away for them to announce something. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's it's better for it to be honest. Yeah, I I definitely agree, and they've got the 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 Lion King and Jungle Festival event as well, haven't they? But mm. again, that's not a a full soiree as such. They're not they're not giving any anything extra for that other than maybe some some character mates. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it and it it seemed I think it took quite a lot of people by surprise that it had come this quickly. Um. But then it it became really bizarre that they started giving away tickets yeah yeah they were you know originally they said it was an inside ears event then as a shareholder or former shareholder i i then got an email saying i could apply for tickets and they've given some out to the press as well yeah yeah now they've they've kind of expanded it out and letting people give away tickets which um yeah i think it might i think that might come through the inside ears themselves but regardless you know i think they were kind of not getting the responses they were expecting because it was you know it was, it was two weeks out yeah um they announced it um so it's, it's not much time at all it's fine if you're local to the parts but most people are going to be traveling from um other parts of europe yeah yeah and that definitely seems to to be the the problem and as we said the inside is all those guys were given a pair of tickets to give away mm. um just just really it it doesn't feel right this time it doesn't seem like they've quite got themselves together um no. it, which is which is sad because they've been it seems to have been getting better mm. with each with each event they've done and and this time it's it seems to have flopped a little well so i don't i don't think it's it's uh it's a proper sorry i think it's just like a a press night really it's just yeah. a relaunch of the ride um and that's why they've thrown it together at the last minute so there's yeah. nothing particularly special it, you know you're just going to be able to go on a ride before anyone else um i imagine they'll probably have some people there to talk about the ride and yeah. what the, the changes that have done but it it's not going to be it's not a soiree in the in the grand sense of what they actually yeah. do for a soiree so it wouldn't surprise me if they do announce one for later in the year that will be themed around yep. that attraction yeah fingers crossed because i i hope to be at one if they do do a, a full soiree for 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 phantom manor yep uh, and going from one event that's not doing so well to one that really didn't do very well um and that is the the cancellation of the hip-hop event um that was meant to be june i believe yep um now I know you've got more information on this, Nick, than than I have. Well, ish, <laughs> ish, yeah, yeah. So uh, the 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 official line that's come out is that um, they've they've, they've cancelled it due to uh, lack of sales. I think that's yeah. that's what they've they've or, or um, other reasons, but there was a lot of complaints that have been made on social media because of one of the headline artists had been uh, or, or um, 
sings songs. It, it's a hip hop event. Um, so has songs that are quite homophobic. And um, this got picked up by uh, certain people on social media and um, really kind of gone into about, um, you know, it's not, you know, it's not on brand with Disney, which I, I completely agree um, personally. Um, and they'd also made some, some homophobic comments just, you know, outside of their music. Now, my argument with this before knowing the, the outside context is that, you know, you've got people like Eminem who have, you know, he's done songs that have got quite homophobic content in them, but him as a person is actually uh, not homophobic and actually does a lot of, of work with, um, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender um, community charities. Um, and, you know, has done stuff with else, John Frise's charity and, and stuff like that. And Eminem kind of almost raps as a character. Yeah. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that I, I agree with the lyrics. Of course, I'm not saying that at all. But there's a difference between the the performance and the actual person. Um, and it's it's one of those things that was always kind of almost accepted in that type of music, um, again, rightly or wrongly. Um, for me, I think if people that uh, w- would be affected by it, uh, the, the music and those artists were the ones making the, the noise and complaining, I would have totally accepted that. Um, the people that seem to be making the most fuss about it just seem to be almost the anti-keyboard warriors, keyboard white knights, um, who were kind of getting involved so they didn't need to. So I I, I think um, the pandered to it, I mean, for all we know, they could have put these artists knowing this full well that this is what they do, and they were told, right, you know, we want you to perform at this event. However, um, we know, you, you know, these are a few of your songs. You cannot perform these at this event. Yeah. It's not the right. It's not the right venue for it. Um, we've got no idea. I'm sure Disney would have done their homework. I'm sure they just wouldn't have booked people just because you know they're famous in that line of music. Um, yeah. But it does feel to me they've they've pandered to false outrage, um, and I I, it, I find it quite annoying really that people feel that they need to jump on to other people's causes. Yeah, like let the people that. You know, don't don't be false outraged for people who really should be outraged. If those people that are affected are outraged, then that's one thing. But just um, making yourself look like a white knight to a cause that doesn't affect you, I think, is not the right way to go about things. No, no, I agree. And and to be fair, we've we've talked about it between us. Um, that this is these events are kind of stepping away from what we know Disney for, and certainly Disneyland Paris. Um, we've obviously got Electroland um, that's been doing really well mm-hmm. um, and is expanding uh, year on year. And I think they were trying to replicate that. And, and obviously, we've got the Jazz Festival as well. Um, and we've got Pride. We've got the Pride event, yeah. which is also, um, you know, it's got, uh, you know, musical concert elements in that as well. Yeah. And, and I, I applaud Disney for trying something different. Mm. Um, so it, it's quite, again, it's quite sad to see something 
fall flat on its face yeah. for them, especially as they, they are now trying to improve everything um, about the resort. Um, they're, they're allowed to do missteps, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, not everything is going to work. And yep. I think you've got to applaud it. But I would hate to think that the only reason, you know, I, I've got no idea what the ticket sales are like. Um, you know, it, it, maybe it wasn't selling well. Maybe it, it had sold well. Um, you know, we'll never know officially because we don't get that that kind of information that's not released to the public. But, um, yeah, it, if it is just because of this false outrage, then I think it's a shame. If it is because it wasn't popular enough, then, you know, it was probably the right decision. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I think Disney should try and do some more things outside the box. You know, Electroland is going to attract people that are obviously, you know, Disney fans that would have been going to Disney probably anyway. Um, but yeah. it would probably also bring in people who think, okay, well, I've never done Disney before, but you know, I like this music. I like these artists. So let's combine the two things, you know, we'll, we'll go in the evening for these concerts and during the day we'll go and visit the parks and see what they're about. So yeah. I think it's a, a good way of bringing in uh, a new audience or bringing people back, giving them a reason to come back. Yeah, definitely. Oh, excuse me. I'll let you off this time. But don't do it. <laughs> um, was, was that it for, for those or? Yeah. Yeah. For the, for those two things. And, I actually wanted to bring a little bit up from from our friend Jim Hill. Um, well. He's been well. He's been talking a little bit, and it, it's a couple of stories. One that he hasn't touched on so much recently, and one that he, he touched on, on on one of his recent shows. The, the first one was the announcement of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Runaway Railway uh, at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's long been rumoured for um, Disneyland Paris as well. Yes. Um, now, obviously, the Walt Disney World one's been in the works for for ages, uh, and now they've announced this one at, at Disneyland. Um, it's going in um, Toontown, um, and this has long been rumoured for Paris to be going in in that spot of, of free land between uh, Small World and and tomorrow and Discovery Land. Um, so it's interesting that this has come now, and I, I think it won't be too far behind that the, the Paris one is confirmed as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I also, from my understanding, isn't the, um, the passport office, uh, going as part of that expansion. I would, I would imagine so that, that a lot of that, that area will be, will be changed. Mm. Um, which is a shame. Cause I mean, I, I'd hate for them to lose the fountain outside or, yeah. Whatever you want to, it's not really a fountain, but the, the water feature. Yeah. yeah. Um, they've got there because that's quite iconic. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, any, any new addition would be good. Um, yeah. You know, we've, we've talked before about the, the Jenna Jones rumor as well. Yeah. In the other side yeah, of the Yeah. That does, does the rounds quite regularly. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think a, a, any new attraction for Fantasyland would be, would be ideal. Yeah, uh, and the other thing I wanted to touch on, and we've talked about this in depth on on Diz After Dark, and, and and that's the Fox deal, um, and what that's that's going to do. And and Jim, this is the the big thing that Jim was talking about recently was was the Simpsons. Um, and now obviously the deal in the US means Universal have got the rights, 
Um, Jim was very convinced that that was one of the first targets for the non-domestic parks. I mean, I I would have absolutely no problem with The Simpsons being part of the studio. Yeah. I don't think it fits in in Disneyland Park itself. No, it doesn't. But yeah, I, I, I'd be I'd be open open for yeah. that. And um, with this massive expansion in the studios as well, I think they've got a lot of scope mm. of things that they haven't touched on yet of of what's being done. Um, obviously, we've got the massive massive lake um, that all we know at the moment is going to feature Frozen. Yeah. Um, I mean that that whole you know I, I think with the expansion they've already decided what's going to go where we've got Marvel we've got Star Wars we've got Frozen I can't see any of that changing but um, you know could we maybe see a retheming to uh, like the animation courtyard bit yeah. at the moment I mean what we got there we've got art of animation which is as we know is being turned into a Frozen uh, kind of meet and greet area yeah um, we've got mickey and a magician uh there as well seasonally and yep. the only you know real attraction there is um flying carpets yeah because i think am i right in thinking crushes co-star and cars comes is, on the soon town yeah so yep. um yes and and you know that's a ride that doesn't need to be there so yep. you know i wonder what they've got to play around with in in that area i you know i've been around the we've both been around the backstage bit there's definitely some room that they could probably move out to if they wanted to yeah um, definitely so maybe that's what they need to do is, is rethink yeah. that area um be interesting yeah but yeah as far as i know i don't think any any parts in europe have got anything to do with the simpsons no um, none at all none of the none of the big ones certainly um that i can think of have got anything to do with the simpsons no 3d rides or simulators or anything no. like that so and obviously yeah. they were trying to build a fox park weren't they um yes which disney came in was kiboshed yep um so i wonder whether that's where it was going originally um mm. and whether there was plans already on the on the table so it could be could be interesting that's certainly one of the ones that you'd automatically think about having already seen it in theme parks um yeah, and theme park, theme park trader were talking the other day actually um, about the, um, the the fact that there's not any fox parks. There used to be, and I didn't realise this, but there used to be a backlot kind of tour in Australia on the yes. fox lot, which lasted about two years. Um, and there was a Simpsons bit there, um, and there's one opening up in Asia that's going to be a fox park. But other than that. And, and that's opened up quite soon, actually. But um, there's no other Fox theme parks anywhere else in the world. So, um, you know, certainly in Europe, um, I, I can't see them building one. It would just be for Fox. But no. it would make sense for them to expand that into the studios. Yeah, definitely. It'd, it'd fit. It'd be be a perfect fit for that mm. for that park. So, so yeah, we shall see. Let's keep an eye on that and see whether our our thoughts come to pass one of the other things just on that um that is happening at the moment is uh disneyland are getting filler magic yes which i i just always assumed was was there anyway 
Um, and I wonder how it's going to compare to the Disneyland Paris version. I wonder if it's, you know, which one it's going to replicate more, the Magic Kingdom version, the original, or the scaled-down Disneyland Paris version. It sounds like it's going to be the Disneyland Paris one. Interesting. Um, because it's going in a building that really is, again, just a, a theatre with not a lot of room. Right. Okay. So, um, and it's just been used basically the same as the theatre at Disneyland Paris as showing clips okay. of films and trailers and, and things like that. Okay. So. Now, the last thing that I think we're going to talk about in this episode uh, was a, a a tweet that we saw from uh, DLP Rumor Tracker. Yeah. Um, so it's one of these accounts on Twitter that as the name suggests, talks about news and rumors. And, um, you know, we've, we've talked before about the fact that, um, Disney village is, um, is going to be one of the next bits of the parks. It's outside the parks, but you know what I mean? Uh, on the result that is going to be due for an upgrade and, you know, kind of needs one desperately. Um, and they had a list of what this could be including. Now, yeah. I don't know, we, we, know, we don't know how accurate this list is, if this is... Uh, yeah, and we both looked at it and went, that could quite clearly be our own wish list. Yeah. We we could have written this going, yeah, I want that, I want that, I want that. Yeah. So, so take it with a pinch of salt. <laughs> yeah. But we'll go through it and we'll, we'll talk about what, you know, would be really great. So, uh, new theme and theming. So, I think the original... Uh, the original Disney Village used to have a massive neon sign and, you know, was quite um, steampunky and that over the years, uh, they lost the sign quite a long time ago, but um, the whole theme of it just seems to be a bit of a hodgepodge now. Yeah. It seems really fit. Yeah. And it's very, very plain and simple. There's nothing, there's no standout features to it either. No. Really. Other than that, obviously the metal, kind of balls and things across the tops of the buildings but if you look if you're looking just straight down disney village it looks like a nondescript like outlet village yeah yeah there's yeah very much so there's there's nothing really there um so new theme and theming uh more focus on entertainment which they've done over the years you know you've we've had concerts and stuff like that that seems to have died a bit of a death recently so bringing that back would be quite good. Um, renewed train and bus station. That's Which just they've on, started. Yeah, that's just on the outside of the village anyway, but yeah. I suppose it kind of leads in. Um, uh, a new sign to replace the one they used to have, which yeah. makes sense. Um, Billy Bob's to stay. Yeah, it seems quite popular. A lot of people head, yeah. head there. Um, and it is one of the more themed oh, buildings. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. And, um, you know, the, the buffet there is pretty good. You can get bar nipples downstairs. There's uh, live music in there quite uh, quite a few nights a week. Um, like you say, it always seems to be quite busy. So that wouldn't surprise me if that is the case. Um, but uh, the closure of the Disney store and the remaining of the world of Disney. I'm sad because I still th- think the Disney store is better than the world of Disney. It, it massively is. Um, but... I can also understand why would you have two shops that sell yeah. a lot of the same stuff yeah. as as each other that close to each other. That's a lot yeah. of real estate that takes up, and you could 
definitely fill it with something else. Um, Planet Hollywood to be updated. Which yeah, definitely. It makes sense because all the Planet Hollywoods globally now have been changed to the new kind of modern white concept they've got now. Yeah. Got and a- to be fair, that that one we've got looks like a, a re- like it could be like a storage locker from the outside. It's it's very weird because if you look at it at the right angle, it looks pretty good. But if you look at it from the wrong angle, it looks like a hot mess. Um, yeah. Especially with those wonderful cardboard cutouts. Oh god. On the side of it. Which is what I mean, to be fair, it's what you used to always get in Planet Hollywoods anyway, but inside the yeah. building. But on the outside it looks it does look odd. Um, yeah, now now they're twenty years old as well. Well there is and that. They just randomly add new actors to it. Yes. Every couple of years. Yeah. So yeah, we'll probably see something more along the lines of what you've got at um Disney Springs or or maybe in London. In terms of what Planet Hollywood would look like, um, the Rainforest Cafe to be updated. Um, I mean, it's it's not been renovated since it first opened. Inside, but then to be fair, they've not changed that much over the years, anyway. No, no, none of them have. So I, I'm I'm guessing that might just get a bit of a lick of paint rather than yeah. a massive redesign. Um, Earl of Samuel's estate, an ex-diner's estate, but might be updated. I mean, I mean, that restaurant's been there since the beginning. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, other than a lick of paint, what else they could do to it, unless they change the entire concept. Um, yeah. The sports bar to stay, again, that's another very busy venue of an evening. Um, again, could still do with some upgrades, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's good if you want to catch a game of football or something. They normally yeah. have like they play it inside, but they also have like a massive screen outside that you can sit and yeah. watch under the cover. Um, so I think they need to have something like that there. I think that um, especially keeps certain members of the family a lot happier than um, than other places there. Um, the steakhouse to close, and and this doesn't surprise me because I've hardly ever seen it open. It does seem to kind of go down quite a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I I just don't think it fits in very well. It looks quite upmarket inside. Yeah. And it probably isn't. It's probably a little bit like when you go to London, you see an Aberdeen Angus Steakhouse. Yeah. And you think, oh, that looks classy. And then you actually go in there and have the well overpriced food. Yeah. Which is like well, the cheapest bits the, of steak, but at the most premium prices. The steak off the wall. Yeah. Horrendous. Uh, uh, listeners from other countries, if you ever come to. England never goes to an Aberdeen Angus Steakhouse. They're awful. No. You think they, they're good, but they're not. Um, so uh, these are more like new things. So uh, a high-end restaurant, so that would probably yeah. be what they replace the steakhouse with. Um, Which I'd imagine they'll go, possibly go along the lines of the boathouse or something like that. Yeah. Obviously, we've not got the water to be able to do anything like that. But Well, you've got, I mean, you've got Lake Disney, but I don't think, yeah. I don't think they'll stick anything on there. Um, an Edison style restaurant. So, um, for those that aren't aware, the Edison is a kind of restaurant, come bar, come speakeasy, come entertainment venue at Disney Springs in Orlando. So, um, you know, that would be exciting because it'd be something completely yeah. different. I wonder whether they could kind of go down a Moulin Rouge route with that. It might be a bit too close to home, but. Yeah, yeah. I think they could probably get away with a, a more family-friendly version. 
because they yeah. do that kind of thing at the Edison anyway, don't they? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, a tiki bar stroke sand traders style bar. Men will never leave. I don't think any of us on the podcast would leave, actually, like across the network. Um, Cafe Mickey to stay, which yeah. I think is interesting. Um, mm. I mean, I, I you know we both quite like Cafe Mickey, but yeah. it is the only Disney restaurant, Disney character restaurant in the world that's not in a park. Yeah. So, mm. uh, Coca-Cola store, uh, that seems to be something you always get in the downtown Disney's and Disney Springs yeah. in other parts. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose Coke is very popular, you know, everywhere in the yeah. world. And um, it's what they serve in Disneyland. So, I can I can see that fitting in there. Um, uh, an Asian-style restaurant and a Caribbean-Cuban-style restaurant. Um Asian, I think, always goes down well. Yeah. And there's nothing there like it. Um, Caribbean, Cuban. Um, I'm not sure if that works in no. in, in in Paris. I mean, I, I I could be wrong. I mean, you, you kind of get that kind of thing in London, but I'm, I'm not sure if, you know, Disney Village would be the kind of place that sticks like that in. And it hasn't really worked at Disney Springs either. Um, the one that's owned by... Gloria Estefan. There's been rumours that that's been going for a while. Apparently, the food's really good in there, though. Yeah, it just it, it never seems to have attracted enough attention. I think bongos. That's it. Yes, and yeah, it just came to me. Yeah, and um, which is weird because obviously you know Florida or Orlando, not that far away from Miami, um, yeah. which is you know where a lot of uh, Cuban food influence comes from. So if it doesn't succeed there, it's definitely not going to succeed in Paris. Um, a looping coaster restaurant. Now I've not been to one of these. I know we've got one at Alton Towers, I think has one. Yeah, they they put one into the, what was air next to the, the air ride. Oh, okay. Uh, the, what's now become, oh, Galactica, that's it. Yeah. The VR ride, which I'm not even sure if it's got VR on it anymore. Very similar to a lot of them Probably that have had that while, VR yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's one in there. Um, it's an interesting concept. I'm mm. not I'm not sure that it's going to attract people any more than a normal restaurant. It's a gimmick, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. But then you could argue the same with Rainforest Cafe in Planet Hollywood. Yeah. Isn't it? They're just gimmicks. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Disney fashion store to be remodeled and expanded. Um, I I like that shop, so I, yeah. I'm glad it's staying. Um, yeah. So I'd be happy with that. Uh, a Disney attraction store. I'll be honest, I've got no idea what that would even be. No, that's that's an interesting one. Other than selling stuff from attractions, which surely you could put in any shop. Yeah. So. Um, we're not sure about that one. Uh, a Disney wellness store. Um, again, it's the kind of thing that you'd, you'd get in Disney Springs. Yeah. So I suppose where you'd get a bit more, um, you know, home, home, homely goods and uh, candles yeah. and that kind of thing. So. Well, that's the next, the next store because the next one is a Disney store for home. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I mean uh, Disney wellness. I mean, do they sell Disney vitamins? I've never seen those, but. <laughs> The only thing I can think of is that it would be like 
exercise stuff. And I know it says further down sports store, but I'm assuming that means like a soccer store or football store or whatever yeah. you call that. Mm. Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting one. Uh, a Christmas store, mm, we've already got one of those in the castle. Do we need another and one? And again, that was rumoured to be going though, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and you know, we obviously, you know, you've got one in Disney Springs. Yeah. Uh, which is, I always like going into it to be fair. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Splitsville Bowling Alley. Now, that one I, I I don't buy into too much. And the only reason I say that is because there isn't any Splitsvilles in Europe as far as I know. No, and I have no idea where they would find the room to put that. No, it's going to take up quite a lot of room. Unless, I mean, they used to where, um, where Vapiano's and Five Guys is. Yeah. That used to be a bowling alley. Yeah. Um, and it didn't work out. But, you know, I suppose if you're going to try it with a different concept, it might might well do. And it's, it's interesting because there's been no mention of the cinema that in any true. of this. Yeah. And I wonder whether that might be an option for the cinema because the cinema never seems to be busy. Um, I don't know because the cinema's just recently had a 4DX screen put in there. Yeah. It's got an IMAX. I personally can't see it going. I mean, I, I'm with you. I don't know how. I suppose the thing is, it's a bit more awkward for us because they don't show many English films. No, they don't. So um, it's going to be more, you know, local tourists and stuff like that. So I, I don't know how busy it actually gets, but yeah, uh, maybe. Um, a VR experience like The Void. Well, I mean, if we get one, it would definitely be The Void. There's no question of that. Yeah, because exactly. they own the void, and I think it needs it desperately. They take yeah. up very little room, or they can take yeah. up very little room. Um, I mean, when they did the Star Wars one in uh, Westfield in Stratford, it took up probably about hundred feet. Yeah, they're very. They don't take up much much space at all, and no. they're good money makers for them. Um, Buffalo Bills to be either closed or replaced. Um. Yeah, we, we've talked about it before. We'd already been told that it was it was being refurb, so yeah. I'm not quite sure why there's a question mark over what's going on with that. No, uh, a location for concerts. Well, um, you know, I think for years there's been those rumours. There used to be a show in a tent. Yeah, like a Cirque Sleigh type affair, the early two thousands. Um. So I don't see why I don't try and do something in one of those still. Yeah. Um, towards the back of the lake. So, yeah, I can see that happening. Um, and it's going to start where the the former Hurricanes was, which is the um, the nightclub which has sat there derelict for about the last 17, 18 years. Yeah. So, I mean, that's quite a big building in itself. Yeah. Normally used for staff parties or staff events at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, that's something that takes up quite a lot of real estate, which they should really be doing something with. And I don't know why it sat there derelict for so long, to be honest. Yeah. Very, very odd. Yeah. But, so, and just another mention from that, that same tweet that wasn't on the tracker, that they also mentioned that part of the extension could be the, the new hotel and convention, which I know I talked about. Um, when we were out there, us two, um, going where the, the current events tent is. Um, 
I think that's probably where it's going to go. That's where the space is um, for for the village mm-hmm. heading out that way past McDonald's and around the back there. I I'm still convinced that's what they were doing while we were there was prepping it. I mean, they've got a lot of room they they could potentially expand on. Yeah, especially around that bit. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't. I mean, it, it's it, there's it's not a huge area they've got now. No. They cram a lot into that 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 area at the moment, and it all needs to be done. It all needs to be given a refresh. Um, and I think if they made it bigger, it would attract more people to do things. I think right now, unless you're going there for something specific, like you want to eat at a particular restaurant, a lot of people just use it as a way of getting back to the hotels. Yeah. I don't think it's anywhere near as busy or popular as it could well be. And yeah. I think maybe with the Disney influence, they can see how popular Disney Springs is and downtown Disney in California and go, we need to do more. Because yeah. compared to those, it's always been a poor relation. And they need to get it up to speed. They need to bring more people in that aren't going to the parks as well. Yeah. I think. And the, th- the thing is, you, if you get them into that area, so if you if you put stuff there that's going to draw people in, then there's more chance of people going, oh, well, as we're here, why don't we just pop into the park for the day? Yeah. You know, it's a way of getting in new customers, isn't it? So, Yeah. So that, that's that's a wish list at least. I mean, I said we've got no base on how accurate any of that is, um, but there are a lot of things that I think we'd be quite happy with if they turned up. Yeah, yeah. Even if we got a quarter of what was on that list, I think we'd be quite satisfied. Yeah. The only thing I have to say is, and it's not mentioned on there, they better not get rid of the gallery. Um, I'd be, I'd be okay with that as long as it got replaced with something else that was you know yeah. a similar concept like i mean I, i'm with you I, I love going to the gallery shop um but if they were going to do that whole area up as long as there was a shop that sold similar bits yep you know and I'm, preferably bigger as well exactly it's, i mean it's especially downstairs very small when you get to that bit towards yeah. the end of the shop it's yeah. very, very small to, to move around in. So yeah. um yeah, I'd be I'd be happy to have a replacement to that that was made bigger. The yeah. one in um the version they've got in Disney Springs, for example, is is ideal. Yeah. Huge shop, quite yeah. a lot of stuff in there. Um you don't feel cramped. You feel like you've got room to appreciate what's what's in there. I think with yeah. that one And they even have sign ins in there. Yes, yes, that's true. And some of the artists. They've started doing um recently, they've started doing pin releases in there rather than Pablo's. Ah. So um or the Pablo, whatever you pronounce it. But yeah. the trading post anyway in yeah. Frontierland. So um which was weird because when we when I was there recently, there was a you know, I could see something was going on because they had pin traders setting up outside of the gallery. And they had um, people using an iPad on the gallery door to sign people in. I thought, that's odd. What's going on? And it it was only later on I found out that that's where the pin release was that day. And the trading post was open. But at the trading post, there was no one there outside trading, which is what always used to happen. So uh, I wonder if that's next for the chopping block. 
Yeah. Because it's a very Possibly. small shop if you've ever yeah. been in there. Um, it almost, like we was in and out within 30 seconds because it was so bare in there. Yeah. Um, we almost of what it was doing there open. So I wonder if they are looking to move that whole thing to the um, the village now. Yeah. The shop. Yeah, I suppose it, it keeps the, the crowds out, doesn't it? Hmm. Um, of people that aren't doing anything but pin trading for the day. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because they've just done up the the, uh, the play area down there as well, haven't they? Yes. Um, My dog seems to be having a dream. <laughs> I thought you were taking off for a minute. <laughs> yeah, not me personally. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that area has been re- like kind of done up as you say at the moment, but. That particular bit is is hasn't been haven't done anything with that area for years. Um, no, and, and just going all all the way down through Frontierland, just that end bit seems a bit lost. Even with the new theatre, mm. um, I think we're going to find that 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 area is still going to be a bit desolate. For well, we have no idea what they may do down there. No. And the trading post as well is only open like I think Wednesdays and Saturdays. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I think we're seeing the beginning of the end of that. I reckon. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cool. Well, if if that's all we've got, then we'll wrap up this episode. Yeah, I definitely think there's there's nothing more to to talk about at the moment. But as I said, we'll probably have another episode later in the month regarding yeah. Phantom Manor. Yeah. Yeah. Once that's all open and stuff then i'm sure we'll have lots to talk about so um yeah thank you for for listening and uh yeah we'll see you on another episode relatively soon thanks everyone in fact actually just before we go like and subscribe for that reason if nothing else yeah because we can't tell you there's gonna be at least one show a month but just to make sure you don't miss any just hit subscribe in your app of choice and as soon as a new episode comes out you'll get it yeah Definitely. is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.